Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this installment of our Brandon Sanderson series. We hope you'll join us by clicking on the Reading Challenge link at our website, thelegendariumpodcast.com, or to keep it simple, just send us your thoughts on the books on our website, on Facebook, or on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and welcome to The Legendarium. Hey, this is Brandon Sanderson, author of Mistborn. Welcome to The Legendarium! Um, have you sound checked us and stuff? I'm doing that right now okay. as you speak. Looking good. So, you guys want to make a podcast? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast, an abbreviated version. Today, Mistborn, Secret History. I am Craig Hanks. Uh, with me is the man who puts the weird in. Weird. It's Ryan Bruckman. That's right. I do the entire word. And, <laughs> and if brains were beauty, he'd be one. But he's not. It's Nick Jeter. Hey. Hey. Guys, my brain is so hot. <laughs> so hot right now. It's definitely at least an eight. Oh, yeah. Uh, so a couple uh, quick announcements. Um, we are pretty close to the Imsy giveaway. Uh, this is the giveaway in which you can get a signed copy of Bands of Mourning. Uh, now, this is signed uh, not only by us here at the Legendarium, we will personalize it for you, but I am going to today try to take it to get it signed by Brandon Sanderson, uh, and I will not rest until I have that signature on there, so you will get a very, very cool copy of the Bands of Morning. All you need to do is go to imz.com slash legendarium and join the beta test for that community platform. You're joining a community there called the Legendarium, uh, we will basically just be hanging out there talking about fantasy, sci-fi, Brandon Sanderson, all sorts of uh, fun stuff. And we want you there to help us test the platform and get it just right. So uh, so hop on. Go to imzy.com slash legendarium. You put in your email address and ask for an invite. And I will get that email address and add it to the hat, so to speak. And then on uh, April 11th, I will draw a name from that hat. So you have until the end of the day on April 10th to submit your email address. Go to imz.com slash legendarium and we will see you there. Uh, the only other thing that I'll mention, once again, join the Brandon Sanderson Reading Challenge at worldswithoutend.com or you can go straight to our website, thelegendariumpodcast.com and click on the giant banner ad there right on the front page. It'll take you right to it. Ryan, am I missing anything? Um, no, no. I just look forward to uh, signing something that Brandon Sanderson will then sign. I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to give him the book, and he's going to be like, what, who, what did you do to this? Why, why, why did you deface you my book? You realize this devalues it at least $25. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so we are talking about Mistborn Secret History, which I wasn't all that excited to talk about until such time as I read the first paragraph. Pretty much. Uh, so I'll do a quick uh, intro on this, um, on secret history. Okay, here we go. There are two types of creative genius. The first is someone who can create something we have never seen before. The second is someone who takes things we've seen before and alchemically mixes them together, creating gold from ordinary materials. With the release of Mistborn's secret history, Brandon Sanderson has cemented his place in that second category. Secret History tells the story of what happened to Kelsier after he was killed by the Lord Ruler. He met preservation on his way to the great beyond, but then refused to go. 
Instead, he deliberately trapped himself in limbo in the space between worlds where preservation and ruin wield their power over the physical world. Here, uh, he continues his life's work conning men and toppling gods. He meets people from other worlds in the Cosmere, briefly holds the power of preservation, and ultimately decides that he's going to cheat death entirely and return to the physical world. So what do I mean when I call Sanderson an alchemical genius? He has done what we knew what was uh, what we knew was coming for some time, but have really only heard rumblings of. He has combined the fantasy novel with the comic book and created something entirely new. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cosmere. Yes. Anybody else excited about this? Well, I, excited is not probably the most accurate word. I feel like this has been a long time coming. Um, <laughs> yeah. If For those of you who are already entrenched in the Stormlight Archives, it feels as though as Sanderson has continued writing his, his books, uh, he's starting to put more and more Cosmere pieces in every one of them and bigger elements for you to, to catch on to, to realize how much of a bigger story there is going on. Um, this is the first time when he just blatantly says, here's a bunch of Cosmere sh- for you to read, okay? <laughs> um, thankfully, it's placed inside of a really great story that we are you should already be familiar with uh, otherwise this will be a total to- i don't think you can read this this little novella without having uh, a good placement uh, already inside the Mistborn series right right you have to read the original trilogy first yeah and and, 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 and he, he says that too yeah and you really should read bands of mourning before True. before you get to secret history i will will uh yeah we've mentioned this already uh but the end of Bands of Mourning just blew my mind. And so I'm really glad that I didn't have that spoiled uh, I, before I got here. I would say um, you could actually, not as a recommendation, but you could get away with reading this if you haven't touched any of the Wax and Wayne series. If yeah, you've sure. only oh, read the yeah, original. Yeah. Uh, but if you've read any of the Wax and Wayne trilogy, finish it. You know, Get all the way through Bands of Mourning before you read Secret History. Yeah. It, it'll be worth it. Um, but, now, speaking of which... I, there are terms that we're uh, that I'm coming into contact with that I don't understand at all, and I'm wondering if you guys can tell me is that just because I haven't yet uh, dived into the Stormlight Archives, and I'm talking about things like connection, identity, investiture, um, where I I kind of have this idea of what he's talking about, but he hasn't sat down the way that he did with Alamancy and Farukami and, and spelled out the rules for me. Well, and he also talks about the cognitive realm, which right. isn't mentioned at all in Mistborn. Um, is it? Is it mentioned in uh, yes, Stormlight? Yeah, it, yes. It's explained in a lot more. It's almost academic in the Stormlight Archive because they're studying it and learning about it. Yeah. Um, the other ones, the uh, investiture and, and identity and things like that. Actually, I believe that those were new terms uh, put inside of Bands of Mourning. Um, as it, it, it's the words that Brandon Sanderson uses to refer to just any magic system that he has. Kind okay. Of the, I don't. I don't quite get it. I think he's referring to just the process of having magic in a human or so, power. Uh, the the one thing I would say to that though is that I think that what Brandon Sanderson has done, and I'm pretty. I feel pretty confident in saying this, is that his larger story, um, his Cosmere big piece with Adonalsium and the and the 16 shards and everything, um, that that is his base system and that those terms are coined inside of that. And everything, all these subsystems that we've seen of Alamancy, um, the use of Stormlight and, and the, uh, the Knight's Radiant, uh, all of those things, 
uh, they're all, because they all come off of that original system, they all contain those pieces that uh, of identity and investiture and things so like that. So basically what you're telling me is if I don't get it, I need to get it as quickly as possible. I... Uh, I would say that because I, I it's one of the things that after reading Bands of Morning, I still kind of went, OK, I know that this is something that I'm supposed to that I'm going to need to understand a little right. bit better, but I don't yet. And it could be something like hemallergy where was it the end of the first or end of the second book where he had kind of told us uh, of the second Mistborn book when he told us that there was this thing with spikes, but we didn't really get it. And then in the third book, he really spelled it out for us maybe that'll come after bands of mourning we'll we'll have our discussion about bands of mourning um but i'm i think that once we see them creating the identity free uh metal mines that were in bands of mourning once we see them create one of those we'll have a better idea as to what exactly that all means right right um what did you what did you guys think of the setting uh, uh, of secret history because I'll tell you this one of the things I loved so much about the original Mistborn trilogy was uh, the cool setting it was it was dark and destructive Dead. and just terrible it yeah. sounded like an awful place to live uh, but it was a very fun place to set a novel right. with this one it was kind of like the uh, the ring wraith vision of <laughs> of yeah. the Mistborn world right and I, I didn't love spending all my time there I never felt like I had a great handle on what this world looked and felt and smelled like. You know what I mean? I think that's a part of the nature of the novella. It's yeah. short. There, there were. I mean, reading through it again just to kind of catch the things I've missed because he doesn't take time to explain a lot. And it, it kind of fits. Kelsier is peering through the mist and he's not really understanding everything he's seeing. Um, and when you're reading it, you don't really... There were pieces where... I wasn't even really sure exactly what we were looking at, particularly yeah. as he goes into the other world. Into the fortress? It's, yeah, the IRE or whatever. The I, Irie? Irie? Yeah, we'll get Irie. back to that. Irie, yeah. So it's hard to discuss this a little bit with uh, without having gotten into Stormlight. Um, when you get a you get a bit of better vision of what the cognitive realm looks like in... Um, in Stormlight? In, in the Stormlight Archives, in Words of Radiance specifically... Um, and that, in my mind, is what I was envisioning is because he's in this cognitive realm and that it's more along those lines. And so it was a little bit easier for me to visualize that. Um, but at the same time, I, I I do agree that it was not the easiest thing to try and figure out the setting that we were in. Like, OK, you know, despite the descriptions, I'm still not sure exactly what I'm looking at, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I do feel that 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 having that pre-existing knowledge of the cognitive realm kind of helped me a little bit with that. Sure. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I mean, I've got a million things, but what do you guys want to talk about? Um, I have a complaint. Sweet. I think, <clears throat> all right, people are going to disagree with me. Okay. Oh, I, I that's what I'm here for. <laughs> right. No, I should say Ryan already does. Secret history should be called shadow of self. This, or shadow of self needs, or shadows of self needs to be called something else. Because he is talking to preservation's shadow of self. And he is himself a shadow of himself. Like that phrase is uh, is what you'd call a term of art that Brandon Sanderson is using throughout um, the third third Mistborn book. Um, and again in Shadows of Self. And it's going to come up yeah, again. And he, he never the, actually uses it in Shadows of Self. Right. Does he? right. But um, the leftover piece of preservation that he left behind, that's his shadow. I can't. And it's imagine, all about two shadows interacting with each other. I, I can't imagine that he didn't consider something like that 
you know, and, yeah. and say, uh, there's you know there's a reason that shadows itself was named the way that it was yeah and i'm waiting to find out i i do think the name secret history is a little lame but i i don't really care it's, it's a novella it's, it's better not. than batman versus superman <laughs> <laughs> what is this the wwe <laughs> uh yeah let's not go there yet maybe on a different podcast uh anyway what do you think ryan um in terms of names mm, I'm kind of mad on it. I can see why, oh, yeah. why titles of self, don't matter that much. Why Shadows of Self would fit oh, for no, this. Titles matter. Okay. But um, I actually think that the, uh, this is just the designer in me, looking at the title, it's uh, on the on the cover, that they've got the proportions wrong. It's not Mistborn, Secret History, a Cosmere novella. It's Mistborn, Secret History, a Cosmere novella, because that's really <laughs> what this was. It's all about, it's all about Cosmere stuff. Um, but my, I actually have... I don't know. I can't couch it as a complaint. I can't really say that it's a resolved concern or anything. But this book at first, for me, suffered from what I call the Coulson effect. Kelsier's oh, death yeah. Kelsier's death meant something in Mistborn. And now it doesn't. And it, it's not well, that it doesn't. It does. In it, well, yeah. But its meaning changes. But Brandon Sanderson mentions that in his afterword. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, it's dangerous to bring back a character because you... Because yeah, you exactly nullify what the you fact said. that he's dead, uh, and, and this is this is exactly why I say that he's, or one of the reasons why I say he's combining novels with comic books. Because in comic books, uh, everything is starting to connect, and no one really dies, or at least you can't trust that they or if really they do die. Died. They die seventeen times. Well, <laughs> and, and he, let's be honest, he did die. He's dead. Right. He's just taken a new form. Right. It still, as a as a reader, though, allowing that character's. Uh, to play in the world and affect the world is still is what effectually nullifies that. Um, I'm okay with it because of how he's managed it um, and the way that Kelsier interacts with things. And, and I'm hoping um, that going forward, we will see more of, there'll be a bigger reason for him to be still part of the picture. Right. Well, Sanderson promises at the, at the last words, if you read the afterward, he says something to the effect that Kelsier is not even close to being done. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's going to show He's going to be a hoid. Which right. I, I would love I that. If, if he became... Might be a counter- counterbalance to hoid. We don't know if hoid's oh, a good person. What if... Uh, <laughs> Did we just solve it? No, no, not necessarily. But without spoiling too much, there's a something that is chasing Hoyd, and we don't know what that is yet. Um, the 17th Shard. So, well, But there might be something else chasing him, too. Yeah, he's a, he, he talks about that, that there's something after him, and it, it's entirely possible that timeline-wise, that could be Kelsier. I don't know. Um, I love Kelsier. I love that so much. Yeah, I, I you, love you Kelsier. You could call it Kelsier versus Hoyd, and I would forgive him. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, I So I like Kelsier also. Or I should say I like Kelsier as a character. I, I do think he's very interesting, and you can you can use him to examine a lot of different philosophy and, and, and whatnot. But the, the thing that this made me realize that this being the, this little novella, uh, what it made me realize was how much I missed Vin yeah. and what an amazing character she was. And so we, we saw her from afar kind of through the mist like Kelsier does. And then when she dies, she gets like 10 lines and her vision, with Kelsier yeah. and, and it was just amazing. And I thought, yeah, you know, 
yeah, her death meant something, and I'm I'm glad that she that the story went the way that it did. But I miss her a lot. So it was very nice to see some of the the old characters, even just in brief glimpses. And I'm glad she went to the beyond because I actually had a theory that she was going to come back because of because Sanderson's revealed that people can come back. Obviously, I mean mm-hmm. Hoyd from the beyond. No, from oh, from, from the from, cognitive from realm. This, yeah. yeah, this is it. The cognitive or the spiritual realm? That it's the in? the in between. Okay. Um, that they can, there's that that short period where people who have ele, you know elements here who carry more of uh, shards essences right. in them uh, re- linger stay, for a moment. They linger for a little bit longer, right. and that it's with a little bit of help they can they can elect not to go back. They can elect not to move on to beyond. Right. Can we get back real quick to the Coulson effect? Because mm-hmm. I, I had a thought there. Oh, uh, maybe we should define this real quick. For so the Coulson effect, For the, I, I would assume that most people listening to this are familiar with um, Avengers. I, but in the movie Avengers, Phil Coulson is what is the uh, catalyst that gets the Avengers to finally unite and work together to bring down Loki. And he does that by being killed by Loki. And they've all been positively affected by him. So... It gives them a galvanizing driving force. And then when in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they bring him back to life, it was like, well, what the Avengers needed to get going, sure, it worked, but it doesn't mean anything anymore. Right. Even Joss Whedon uh, says that he wishes Marvel would not have brought him back because yeah, it, it really watered down what he did there. Yeah, I kind of hate that show, by the way. Agents, uh, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't like it. Um, anyway, what were yeah, you going to say? That, 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 that's an open-ended statement or closed statement. Um, I, I don't think it waters down... Kelsier's sacrifice, if you look at it in terms of Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. Um, Which I do. Yeah. Constantly. So, everything. <laughs> yeah, everything. Okay. So so Gandalf does sacrifice himself for the better good of his, his company. Um, he he doesn't know. He's, I don't know if Gandalf knows he's going to come back. And I don't want to turn this into Lord of, the, Lord of the Rings discussion. But it's still a big sacrifice. He does come back. But the sacrifice is just a step in his development a a Jesus Christ character. Like, mm-hmm. I die for you, we're back. It's Easter. How? Sorry. No, that just, I've, I, uh, how interesting that this whole time, especially in the Wax and Wayne books, I have been looking at the Pathians versus the Survivorists mm-hmm. and thinking one thing while the, the, it was completely different. So I, I was like, oh, Pathians, they serve Harmony. Harmony, we know he's a real god. And so, you know, great, there you go. The the uh, survivorists, well, they worship Kelsier, who they say survived, but totally didn't. What what chumps? He died, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now that's been flipped on its head. And yeah, he totally did survive. He absolutely did. And he has appeared to people and... Uh, and there's an actual basis for this little religion they've got going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just crazy. I, I, well, which, I really love those paradigm shifts. Which, it's so much fun. Which actually, I hadn't thought about this, but he could be appearing to people in reality in the Wax and Wayne right. world. What um, has been so easily written off as the... Not just the, the Condra, Condra. Right. But it could have been him. Um, I'm really interested in... Uh, I'd like a little more explanation because at the ends of bands of morning we realize he's got the spike through the eye and oh my gosh and that so it's, fun he's been running around like this like okay 
I'm sitting here going, I, I actually expected there to be more of an explanation for that in this than, than there really was. Right. Yeah, um, it was weird where he cut it off, but uh, well, I'm assuming there will be more. Yeah, he leaves a very, I like where he cut it off because he leaves a very interesting gap that probably won't be explained until... I wonder if he'll do another like secret history part two after Wax and Wayne in, in, a, in the same manner that he did this. I would uh, almost, I would almost be more expectant to see his character become a bigger part of the next book um, as they're trying to figure out how to create these these uh, identity-free metal mines. Yeah, he could just explain it to him. He would be there and like, <laughs> yo, guys. Hey, yeah, oh, by go. the way, no, I'm, I'm not really dead. I Here's how, <laughs> yeah, I fell on a railroad spike. It kept me alive. We're good. I don't know. Well, let's say, uh, so let, like, I feel like we're drifting a little bit away from secret history and, and toward Wax and Wayne and those have their own podcasts. So, it's true. But it's mainly because of how interconnected this is. This sure. it's the beauty of this sure. story is it's it it has its fingers in every bit of the of every story because you have the Elantrians in here. That's exactly where I wanted to Wait go. Wait a minute. I missed that. Oh, 100%. man. Come back. Okay, so hang okay. on. This was one of my favorite parts of Secret I am now History. In the audience. Was <laughs> just it was just that little Easter egg moment where he goes to the Irie. Yeah. And there, there were a couple things. First of all, he finds uh, some like notes or yeah, papers yeah. or something, and they have these little symbols. Yeah, and I He's assumed like, those were Elantrian. Those were Elantrian symbols. And then at one point, one of the the leaders curses and says, "Merciful Domai." Oh, right. And they've got it's they've like ding 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 alarms yeah, yeah, going yeah. off. So well. But, it, if you're reading, if you're reading through it when he's in there, when he's in their city, and he's realizing that there's like this energy that's flowing through even the bricks everything. and everything, you have the silvery skin. And everything. So you're like, oh, okay, this is the power of Elantris, whether these are Elantrians or not. This is this. This is the same power. This is the same type I, type I, thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know that they're Elantrians, but they're from that world, right? Yeah. So, so does he go? What was unclear to me, he seems to walk across this ocean thing. Mm-hmm. He goes to a different planet. Um, goes to an s- island something it's yeah that and that's that's why i want to talk wanted to talk about the setting here because of things like that where it's wait where is he what's he doing i don't have a handle on yeah on one second he's bound to the world because ruin and preservation are and then the next second he's in a different world something he's he well here's the thing he's still bound to this world and they're on this world because they're trying to get the power of preservation when his shard dissipates right they're trying to get that i believe uh Based on the discussion he had with the two before, that they can actually trend, they can actually cross the perpendicular, and, and they need the shard because their god is dead. What? My bad, Craig. Sorry. Don't. Oh man, I hate you guys so much. <laughs> you got. Sorry, it That's... came up organically. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, okay. And, and you might disagree with me, but but they. But we know that. Uh, I can't. I can't say anything more. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. That's yeah. That's really the. This is Craig will kick me off. This is actually that is a very that's a very interesting theory, and I like it. I'm not sure yet. I am not sure yet. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure yet either. But there is a basis for it mm-hmm. in in the reality of their world. But if you pay, if you if you go back to the discussion that Kelsier has with, and I wish I could remember their names, the two there's two people that he meets on. Where he gets the campfire from? Yeah, uh, yeah, Chris and I'm trying to remember Nas. the other one's name. Something Nahaz like that. or something Nahaz, like that. Yeah. Well, the two of them say that you need to go to the Irie because they've been at this longer than we have, 
Um, and they are both from different planets. I, right. I, I looked at the wiki for that. I, oh, so they're not from the same they place? They're not. They from actually, the same place. they talk because when he tells them about, he, he says something or does something about to bring up uh, Drifter. Right. And they're like, oh, he's here. So we know that people, there are people who are trans, who are able to transport themselves between these worlds using the perpendicular, um, which is something that I still, there's a nice bit of mystery to that still. I'm sure we'll get more explanation as well, to how that is and how yeah, that and we, Can we get back to that once you finish your thought? Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I'm just thinking that these, these Elantrians, uh, the people of, who have the power of Elantris or whatever it is, are, are just doing that. They're, they might be trying to replace their god. They might be doing whatever uh, they're they're from another planet, come to Scadriel, uh, so that they can uh, execute the plan that they're trying to do there. Which it makes it so that Kelsier is still bound to the world, but, but they're on this planet. But yeah, he just had they just had to go way outside because we know that if there I'm, are people. To the you guys have well. just left me in the dust. If man, I'm right, I have no Kelsier idea what you're talking just about. Screwed over that planet. Like, Which one, Scadriel? Um, no, the Elantrians. Uh, oh, okay. Like if the, if I'm right that they're trying to replace their god. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Screw you, Serene. So anyway, what? Get your own gods. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's look. Sorry, let's briefly. Just briefly, one of my favorite moments in this was in the discussion, and I don't remember if it's Drift. I believe it's Drifter that he's talking to. It might. Probably it was Preservation, actually, uh, where he's discussing. We get the first story of the destruction of Adonalsium. Okay, yeah. And he says it was 16 people, 16 groups that came together. Was it groups or people? I think it was people, but I think that they were, they might have been, I have to go back and re- revisit that. Okay. But there are at least 16 people who worked to take his, to, ta- to destroy him and take his power, who are now gods, who were not, who are, who were not ready for deity. They actually, he actually says in there that these are not, these aren't gods in the sense that you're thinking. These are just people who have taken God's power. Right. And so you've got different groups that are trying to control godlike powers that have the follies of humanity right. in quotes. Right. So right. I, I think that's just an ama- a, an, a fantastic concept and a great way to deal with the idea of men fighting gods or gods fighting gods when it's lowercase g now. Well, it's – and it's uh, – once again – Nick, sorry, I'm taking this back to Lord of the Rings, or at least to Tolkien, I should say, because well, it's well, Silmarillion this is, this Lord. This is very Tolkien. Um, it, well, it's it's what Brandon Sanderson does so well, which is to take uh, to take certain fantasy tropes, for lack of a better word, and turn them on their head. Uh, if you read the Silmarillion, one of the one of the defining moments of that book is when mortal men take it upon themselves to go and overthrow gods with a lowercase g mm-hmm. and and seize their power seize their immortality and the moment that they decide to do that and they get in their ships and they sail across the seas uh god 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 with a capital g says uh-uh, and he yeah, kills no, them no. all yeah uh and changes the entire world as a consequence anyway so the there's there's moment. this there's this idea that uh yeah, that these mortal people shouldn't be doing this and God is going to put a stop to this. Well, then Brandon Sanderson says, what happens if it works? What right. happens when they get it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's so good at that, and I really appreciate that. Um, anyway. I think and I think that the fact that 
we deal with that. I, I'm believing the fact that Brandon Sanderson has created a, a larger story with this Cosmere and that we've given him a lot of credit for creating unique magic systems in each world. And they are, they absolutely are. But I, be, I, I believe that he's got this vision of the bigger picture, this bigger story that has informed each of those individual variations on this magic. It's all one power. It's all one power. Um, it's not like, hey, I need to create a whole new system. It's, okay, here's how this shard affected this person. And man, and I, I'm telling you... I, I love reading his books, but part of me wants to see his personal wiki and just oh see just like, what is going on with this, you know. By wiki, do you mean garage full of file cabinets that just have files upon files? I, I'm sure. Whatever he, I know he's got a couple <laughs> people who are in charge of maintaining yeah. the whole deal, so. Do you suppose he keeps a hard copy of all this? Prob- I, probably. Oh, if not, he's got at least two or three hard drives. At least an so. Etch-a-Sketch. Like <laughs> there's something written down somewhere. Kaladin's stories on an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Final thoughts? Uh, my favorite part of Secret History is when Vin takes the power of preservation. Um, and, or, and it's Kelsier who's talking to her and saying, mm-hmm. I've been giving you power. And you realize that's not the, vo- the voice of preservation. That was the voice of Kelsier. Mm-hmm. And suddenly that moment is very intimate and very, almost very, like very loving. I, I don't know. I, I got goosebumps when I read it. I, I think that one of my favorite points is just a little bit before that. It's when he's conning Ruin to get the <laughs> message to um, Marsh. Because Marsh already had his, rede- like he had a great redeeming moment in Mistborn when he you know, just in all the things he does, he's such a redeemed character. I love him yeah. so much. But to realize that Kelsier the whole time is, he's hes just being Kelsier. He's conning a god into getting a message to his brother who he knows there's still enough of him in there to get done what needs to happen. And I loved it. And, and my favorite would have been just before that when he conned uh, the... Not the, the non-Elantrians. Yeah, the Irie. The Irie. Uh, just because I, that was some of the fun from the first book, especially, was yeah. watching Kelsier and his crew set up the dominoes and then topple them. Yeah. And, you know, getting that for even just 10 pages oh. was so much fun. And we totally ignored the fact that he put God in his crew. Yeah. <laughs> and, gave him a nick- and gave him a nickname. <laughs> Preservation's like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to handle you. Yeah, that, that was fun. Fuzz. Uh, so I think the consensus is, thanks, Brandon, for writing this. We really appreciate it. It was yeah. a lot of fun. It, yeah. it was one of the best. I enjoyed it so much. I haven't read any of the read. other novellas. A great quick read, absolutely. Love it. Uh, yeah, I think I took it out in about two or three hours of good solid reading. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not uh, not crazy and uh, certainly illuminating. Uh, and this, because I haven't gotten into Stormlight, uh, for me, this is what has finally gotten me to say, all right, I'm all in. Let's let's see what you got on this Cosmere. Cosmere. Oh, nice. Nick forgot to shut off his ringer. Goodness oh, gracious. snap. I, guess, I actually uh, thought about this very scenario when I was getting in my car. Like, my phone's going to go off. I should probably turn it off. And Craig's going to talk about it when it does. <laughs> so there you go, people. <laughs> Craig's not going to let it go. prophecy. I have prophecy in my phone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, folks, we will see you uh, for the next series. We are doing... Um, uh, don't forget, we're we're leaving the Cosmere for a little bit and going into Reckoners. We need a little break. Oh, I have to mm-hmm. read those. This has been uh, an intense few podcasts uh, about uh, Cosmere-related stuff, Mistborn stuff. So we're going to take a break. We'll do three books outside the Cosmere and then dive back in in a few months. 
Uh, but if you haven't read the Reckoners series, I've read the first two books. They're fantastic. I'm really looking forward to reading the third one. I have not. And, uh, yeah, Nick. I, I own it. It's on my you shelf. Should. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we'll see you all then. Uh, go to worldswithoutend.com or thelegendarianpodcast.com to find our reading schedule and when those episodes will be up. Uh, it's on the reading challenge page. Uh, and we'll see you all then. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.